welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. If it's happening in the world of Christian historical fiction, we are talking about it here. And today we are talking with one of my favorite authors, and that is Crystal Cottle. She has a new book out. It is called Counterfeit Faith. It is the third book in her series. She had Counterfeit Love, Counterfeit Hope, and now Counterfeit Faith. I'm so excited for this book, and I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation that we were able to have. Before we get to her, please subscribe. Don't forget to do that if you haven't done it already. Even if you've been here for a while or if you're new, whichever the case is, you don't want to miss out on any of the wonderful guests we have like Crystal. You want to be notified when these come out. And so please be subscribed so that you get that notification pop up on your phone so you can listen to it. Second of all, you can also find Christian Historical Fiction Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you have a few minutes, pop over to LizTolsma.com. Check out my Patreon. You can find that on any of the show notes for any of the episodes of the podcast. And consider supporting Christian Historical Fiction Talk so that we can continue to have such wonderful authors on and promote Christian historical fiction. It's a passion of mine. I'm coming up on three years doing this. I absolutely positively cannot believe this, but it's been wonderful and I want to keep doing it. So if you would take a look at that, see how you can support the podcast, I would really appreciate that. Okay, enough. It is time to welcome Crystal Cottle to the show, and she is here talking about her new book, Counterfeit Faith. Welcome to the show today, Crystal. It's so good to have you back with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I think we missed having you on when book two, Counterfeit Hope, came out, but I know you were here for book one in this series, which the whole series has been fabulous. I've absolutely enjoyed it. So I'm really looking forward to reading Counterfeit Faith. I just added it to my Goodreads want to read shelf. But before we get talking about Counterfeit Faith, why don't you just remind the listeners a little bit about who you are? So my name is Crystal Cottle. I am a wife and caregiver and mother of soon-to-graduate son and a 14-year-old son, so two boys. I spend most of my days at a computer, but when I'm not, I drink lots of tea, play board games with the family, and live just kind of outside of Cincinnati, so there's lots to do around here. So, Kind of where we're at. That sounds great. We were just talking off air about your son graduating from high school and what a different season of life is facing you now. Yes. What's really funny is Counterfeit Faith releases three days before he graduates. So I am going to be an absolute mess that week. (laughs) Oh, wow. That is going to be a busy, busy week for you. Yeah. So send jars of hot fudge. That is my my poison of choice. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good. I will keep that in mind. I may have to to dash one off to you. <laughs> I was joking, but I do. I eat it with a spoon straight from the jar. <laughs> I'd be there beside you, but I'd be with my spoon in a jar of Nutella because that's my. Ooh, that's my good choice. stuff too. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, before we get off on a tangent about chocolate yeah. Nutella and all, all those good things, tell us about Counterfeit Faith. So Counterfeit Faith is the third book in the series, and it follows Josiah Isaacs, who's kind of been the playboy of the series. He's been kind of flirtatious. He kind of gets sidetracked by women very easily. But his story is a little more complex than that. He's just he has a weakness of not being able to tell women no. And this gets him into a lot of trouble. He was actually married and his wife had passed and he was very much in love with her. And he has no desire to pursue another relationship or wife. However, the heroine of my story, Gwendolyn Ellison, is in charge of a house of refuge where some criminal activity is going on and they'll end up partnering together to help save the children. So a house of refuge was basically the precursor to juvenile justice system. So it was the place that they would send criminal kids, basically, except for their definition of criminal kids was a little bit different than what we have now. So some kids, if they were just found walking on the street, like vagrancy type things, they were put into the jail. They didn't necessarily have to commit a crime, except for vagrancy technically is a crime. So Gwendolyn Ellison is the matron of this house of refuge and the children are being abused. And she, in her pursuit of trying to find out what's going on, stumbles into a green goods game where there is lots of challenges going on and lots of danger. So Josiah ends up as a secret service operative getting pulled into the case and they work together to solve who is committing this green goods game. And there's all sorts of stuff. So a really terrible breakdown of the story, but that's basically the starting point. <laughs> well, it still makes me want to read it because it's so different and really unique. And you taught me something about those houses of refuge. That's really interesting that they could just be thrown into them for being vagrants and wandering the street. It was really, really sad. They would even take babies who were not well-behaved and use that as an excuse to put them in. So, I mean, you had the full gamut. It was crazy. Wow. You mentioned these green goods games. Am I getting that right? What are those? So this is actually a con for cons. So typically this didn't fall under Secret Service purview, but what it happened with a green goods game is a counterfeiter would send out mailers to business people or other people who might be willing to swindle their customers by buying counterfeit money in exchange for real money. And so they would send with their mailers an example or a sample of their work but it wasn't an actual sample. They universally sent a real dollar bill or whatever money they were trying to sell as an example so that the person thought they were going to be buying a whole bunch of really, really good counterfeit stuff. So they would mail money to buy this counterfeit money and of course get nothing in return. So usually it actually fell under the one over the top of the post office. It falls under his purview. However, I was able to worm my way around that by having the mailer actually be counterfeit money. So they sent a real counterfeit as their sample. And so the Secret Service would then take over the case. So it's kind of what a green goods game is. 
Interesting. I didn't know that before, but that's why we read historical fiction. Or one thing I like about it is that I learn so much from each book that I read. And so you've taught me something new. Thank you. I always found it interesting that con men would try to con other cons, which isn't surprising, but it was fun. And the number of warnings the newspapers put out for people to warn them not to do this, it's really amazing that so many people fell for it. Yeah, almost sounds like these emails or phone calls that you get about your Amazon account or something and call this number and they try to It's pretty empty much the campaign. predecessor to those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it has not gone away, has it? It has not. Right, right. Now, you write villains and heroes, a lot of both. Uh, Counterfeit Hope had quite a few villains in it, which was fun. And I can't wait to see how many show up in Counterfeit Faith. (laughs) Which do you like writing better? Do you like writing the good guys or the bad guys? I like them both about the same because they each come with different aspects. I like examining the villain's mind and trying to figure out why they would do something and how far they would go or what holds them back. What lines will they not cross? Because villains aren't all bad. I do have a couple that are over the top bad in both books, but villains are your everyday people who have just taken a sin way, way too far, which all sins are bad, but they go to extremes. And so I like to kind of follow that line and see how sin has affected them and changed their actions and their minds. With heroes, I like to explore how they can change, like what things do we hold close to us that we might need to alter or have adjusted or just how our Christian walk needs to change as we confront these evil men or women or whoever is involved. Now, counterfeit faith takes place in Victorian Philadelphia, which Mm -hmm. is just a really interesting time and setting for a book in my estimation. How did you go about researching what Philadelphia was like at that time? I love research. It's such a a bad thing for me because I will go down rabbit holes. I went to a lot of, so uh, back in that day, they tended to print a lot of the pictorial guides and written descriptions of different areas on how to do walking tours and things like that. So I read a lot of 19th century, basically tour guides of Philadelphia. I looked up pictures. Philadelphia has an amazing encyclopedia of their history online. So I used a lot of that. I finally got to sneak into Philadelphia for two days of research, almost at the very end of the editing process. So I was able to tweak things. And so that was neat. I don't often get to travel to the places where my books are set unless I kind of live there or and have some free time to be able to go. But it was really neat to get to visit firsthand some of the settings, even though they look way different than they do today. So that's kind of my research process. 
Oh, that sounds really fun and interesting. Uh, I have family in the Philadelphia area, so I've been visiting Philadelphia for a lot of years. And it's a pretty cool city. Lots of neat history for buffs like us, for sure. I couldn't believe how narrow the city was. I didn't know it was only two miles from river to river. I thought it was so much bigger. They cram a lot into two miles. Yeah, (laughs) they sure do. So this is the third book in the Hidden Hearts of the Gilded Age series. I'm going to ask you a super unfair question because I don't like it when people ask me, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Which one of the series was your favorite book to write? This one I can actually answer easily. (laughs) I didn't expect it to, but Counterfeit Hope ended up being the one I loved writing the most. I just loved seeing the way that Andrew changed and just kind of who he was, even though he's a little bit of a curmudgeon still. With book three, Josiah, I'm not much of a romance person, but it's by far the most romantic book because Josiah is very flirtatious and just, I enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed it, but he made me squirm a lot. So I didn't appreciate that. (laughs) Well, that's good. Usually authors hate when I ask them that question. So I'm glad that you don't hate me now. (laughs) (laughs) I would never hate you. Thank you. So this is your first series. You've finished the third book. That's all done. How does it feel to have an entire three book series under your belt now? Exciting, terrifying, and I pray I get to do it lots more times. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we hope so too. It's been a fabulous series and it's been fun to follow these different characters throughout the series. They all have super different stories from each other and different settings and it's been a lot of fun. And when I was reading the blurb, and I'm going to admit I have not read the book yet. Sorry, everybody out there. Life has been happening. I haven't gotten to read this one, but I saw Josiah Isaacs and I'm like, I am pretty sure he's been in the other books. And so I was right. And it's fun that he finally gets his story now. So looking forward to that. It's fun. I do have to say with him being a widower, I did a lot of research on what it's like to be a widow or widower and to find love again. And so it was really interesting being able to interview a bunch of different people and pull their perspectives into his story. So he was a lot more complex than I originally thought he would be. And I really enjoyed that part of him. Was it hard to ask these widows and widowers that you talk to, to talk about their losses? It was... One of the people I interviewed, I knew personally, and I knew her story, and we had a rapport. And so it was a little easier to talk to her. But a friend connected me to a widower who had remarried and told me he was an invaluable resource. It felt a little uncomfortable, but he was so open, and his heart was really for people to know that having love again is possible and it's okay. It's not unfaithful to the the first love. And so I think the story and them being able to talk about it was as meaningful for them as it was for me. And I remember when you 
started off with your first book, entering the world of Christian fiction, being a Christian fiction author. And now I feel like you're really part of this family that is the Christian fiction world. How does it feel to belong to such a community like that? The Christian fiction writing community and reading community is just beyond by far the best thing gift that God has given me in this writing journey. Having books published is wonderful, but the the friendships I've made, the way everyone loves and supports each other and prays for each other and just impacts the community for Christ, it's just it's such an honor and such a blessing to be a part of it. When there's a loss in the community, it's felt by all. And when there's a celebration in the community, we all celebrate. So it's it's just, I feel like it's a glimpse of heaven. I would agree 100% with that. And we're so glad to have you as part of our community. You've been a wonderful addition to it. I've enjoyed getting to know you and look forward to getting to know you even better as the years go on. And we all do. I think I can speak for my listeners. I know I can speak for my listeners when I say that. And so we're glad that you have started writing, that you have three books out now. And I'll ask you about what's coming up next in just a little bit, but we're glad you're here. Thank you for, I'm just glad to be part of it. And thank you for welcoming me. You mentioned that in your spare time, you like to play board games with your family. So what kind of board games do you all play? There's a wide range of games. Well, my boys in particular, my youngest boy in particular, loves games of strategy. So we'll play games like Ticket to Ride, Catan. He loves Exploding Kittens. There's just so many games we play. My mother-in-law really likes card games. She's legally blind, so we play slower ones. But she really loves, we've learned a new game called Swoop. There's a lot of luck and some strategy in it. And so that fits along with her really well. And we all enjoy it. Shanghai Rummy has always been a favorite. So many games. (laughs) We, We have probably almost as many games as we have books. And if, well, I can't say that. I have thousands of books. We probably have at least 200 games. Wow. So. Wow. Okay. And I have to say, I'm not familiar with almost all of those. I think I'm I'm a little old fashioned. We we have Monopoly and Life and Clue and those. And I am definitely aging myself when I'm talking about those games. But that's what we oh we play <laughs> all of those too. My mom is not allowed to play Monopoly. And I'm not allowed to play Risk because we take them too personally. And <laughs> <laughs> we love Clue. We played Life when the kids were younger a lot. So it's just kind of different ages. They have different interests. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. My dad, we'd play Monopoly with him when we were little, and he did not have any compassion on his he had three daughters he did not have any compassion on us he was ruthless and mm-hmm. he would if if we landed on his boardwalk with a hotel he would get really rather gleeful it just yeah <laughs> yeah we're kind of cutthroat too which is why my mom is not allowed to play monopoly and i'm not allowed to play risk there's just certain <laughs> games that we're just a little too much Right. 
Right. <laughs> so I hope that this is just not the end, that there's more to come from you. So can you tell us what's up next? Well, for sure, I have a Christmas novella collection coming out in September with Kara Putnam and Angela Ruth Strong. And actually, you get to see Josiah again. It's the story of his sister for that novella. So you get to see him. The novella was supposed to come out before Counterfeit Faith. So it actually takes place before his romance story. So just keep that in mind if you get to read it. And then I have a proposal out that hopefully will bring us back to Cincinnati and hopefully get to see some familiar characters again. So we'll see. Oh, that would be wonderful. So if readers would like to stay in touch with you so they can find out more about your novella collection and when the next series might be coming out, how can they go about connecting with you? The best way is to connect with me through my newsletter. You can sign up for that by going to my website, crystalcoddle.com, or you can go to bit.ly, so bit.ly slash counterfeit truth with a capital C and a capital T. And that will get you a free novella. That's kind of the kickstart novella for the series. And you can sign up that way. I'm on Facebook. Facebook is the best place to find me. So Crystal Cottle author, look that up and you should be able to find me. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really there. I, I, I check in, but that's about it. And do you have any last words that you'd like to share with the listeners? Final words is with this series, I pray that if you get the chance to read it, that you will walk away with just a stronger foundation of just how much God loves you and how no matter what we face, God is with you and you can rely on him. That's my biggest prayer and hope that when you read this series, that'll be what you walk away with. So final words. Well, thank you for writing that because it's been thoroughly enjoyable. I have loved this series and hope to read something, a new series by you very, very soon. It's been great getting to know you and I hope we can meet sometime in person. And I'm sure the listeners feel the same way as well. Oh, thank you. That is my hope as well. So. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for taking some time out of your very busy day and what's a very busy season in your life to talk to us. We certainly have appreciated it. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much and pray you have a great day. What an enjoyable conversation that was with Crystal. I always love speaking to her. She has such a kind and compassionate heart one for the Lord, one for others. I love her. I've loved getting to know her over the past few years since she's come on the Christian historical fiction scene and really looking forward to that novella coming out in September. So be sure to check that out for yourselves as well. If you'd like to learn more about Crystal, more about Counterfeit Faith or about the entire series, or if you'd like a link to buy any of the books in this series, then head over to my website, liztolsma.com. You'll find all that information there in the show notes. If the podcast isn't right on the front page, click on podcasts. You'll 
be taken to a page in all of the podcasts from this whole entire show are going to be there. You can check out any of those. Next week on our show, we have Misu Andrews. I believe she's been with us once and she has a new book coming out. So we are so pleased to have her come back and talk to us about her new book. I am really looking forward to chatting with her and That's one that you're going to want to come back next week to listen to. I thank you so much for taking time to listen to the show, for telling all your friends and family who happen to love Christian fiction and historical fiction all about the podcast and for spreading the word about it. I couldn't do this show without you. I hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you next time.